0: Speak Seductively.
1: Hi, everyone. I'm Kyle Cannon, erotic fiction author, naturist, and swinger.
0: And I'm Lily Cannon, book cover model, audiobook narrator, naturist, and swinger. And you're listening to the Speak Seductively podcast.
1: I have an erotic fiction series called The Photographer's Story and over 15 erotic novellas on Amazon. Two themes in my work are the promotion of a sex-positive lifestyle and the development of strong, sexually confident female characters. My writing has been described as slow foreplay, building until the reader is breathless with need. You can find my novels and short stories on Amazon. They're all free with Kindle Unlimited.
0: We want to welcome you to another exciting and informative edition of Speak Seductively. We use this platform to promote other authors, talk about sex, and relationships. Please be aware, we will be discussing adult topics, from sex to the swinging lifestyle, and more. Our approach is always classy, but be ready for frank conversations. Our guests are frequently erotic authors or those in the lifestyle.
1: Hey everyone, it's Kyle and Lily with an important message to all of our listeners.
0: If you've been listening to us for a long time or reading Kyle's books, we hope you have heard the message we stress— It's the importance of communication and a sex-positive lifestyle. One of the key components of that lifestyle is consent. Remember, no means no. Kyle and I are thrilled to have our podcast picked up by Full Swap Radio, your one-stop internet radio station for all things dealing with adult alternative lifestyles and sex-positive shows. They have programs for education and entertainment on such topics as erotica, swingers, polyamory, and they are all-inclusive. Hey everyone, this is Lily Cannon and
1: Kyle Cannon.
0: And you are listening to the Speak Seductively podcast. And today we have a very special guest with us. And we are excited to have Jules here with us to talk books, to talk bodybuilding, to talk all things sex positive. So we're really excited to have Jules with us here today. So um, could you please introduce yourself to our listeners and uh, tell us what you got going on?
2: Well, with a great intro like that, I don't know if I have much to say. <laughs> um, uh, yes, uh, of course, I am Jules. Um, you know, I, 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 um, I was able to write a memoir of a life story that I thought was normal until I shared it with other people and realized um, that I had conquered a lot. And so by doing so, a lot of the behind the scenes um, stuff has come to the forefront. And so it's really sparked a lot of interest about, as you said, you know, sex positivity, um, authenticity, you know, just totally being comfortable in my own skin and really
0: just leaning into my feminine energies. I love that. I love that. What is your book called?
2: The making of a woman from the inside out.
0: And I think, um, I, so I, I read quite a bit of it, um, before we talked. And so um, would you want to give our listeners a little bit of the history of the book and what the what the story tells? Just a yeah. few teasers.
2: Yeah, absolutely. You know, as I said, it's like I, I realized that my story wasn't as normal as I thought it was. And so people ask, why did you write a book? And it's like because I would get feedback of girl, you need to write a book. (laughs) So I think the seed has been placed like a long time ago. Um, But so ultimately what it is, it's my story. It's, uh, you know, I was born and raised in the Midwest, um, mid seventies. We had a lot of, uh, uh, there was, there wasn't a lot of resources. You know, my mom became a single parent. We moved into a larger family, you know, which Wasn't as positive as one would think. There was, Mm. um, you know, it's where the trauma took place, and and then pretty much how I took the the life skills that I had into adulthood at the age of fourteen. And so this the story, you know, as most, you know, when you think about writing a book, you think, oh, especially with a a memoir, it's like you're like this timeline. And I really, I just did not want to have that blocky timeline type of feel to it. Nor did I want to put any more trauma out into the world. Mm. And so when you read the book, and, and you may see this, Lily, is like we we talk about, like I share the stories, but really what I'm doing is I'm I'm using that language of the heart. Mm-hmm. And I'm taking you through this process of evolution really, um, as from one stage of my life to the next to the next and, and pretty much how it all bled into, you know, where I'm at today and, and ultimately things that were once seen as a negative are actually now my positives.
0: Yeah. And I think that's incredibly inspirational and it does read very much like a fiction story. It does not read like a memoir of this happened and then this happened and then this happened. It very much reads like a fictional story. And when you're reading it and then you realize you were also reading somebody's life, it is touching and heartbreaking and um, inspirational, all the things.
2: Yes. And that's what I wanted. I wanted like you know, because I think we can experience things with our eyes, but when we experience things with our hearts, oh my God. I mean, that's, that's a whole different, (laughs) as we all know, like that's a whole different thing. And so to take, you know, take readers through as I go through the highs and then the lows. And, and so when we celebrate, we all celebrate as we're reading this book. And that's really, you know, I just want to put a little bit of hope out there that, you know what, we, we, we do recover. We do survive. We do arrive.
0: I love your message to that you you see those those kids or or those teenagers who are struggling, the book is for them and wanting it to be out there and um, having kids pick it up to know that they're not alone and that there is hope. Mm-hmm. And I, I love that message. I think that's beautiful.
2: You know, one thing that I actually, after the, the book had launched in October, you know, if you go through these phases. I mean, that's that's my story. I mean, you know, so mm-hmm. you have these multitude of levels you go through of exposure. And there was a point in time where I was like, oh my gosh, do I need to make a clean version? Oh. <laughs> right. Because <laughs> like, do I need to take this portion out? Because I have actually been denied, um, like to be able to advertise on certain sites Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. because of this. And that was it was like it was like two folds, right? Like one side, I was like, "Well, I'll just change the cover," or you know. And then the other side was like, um, "No, damn it, we're not changing a thing." Like right. I'm not the one who needs to change here. So it's uh, it's been interesting, as you know, as even since October, just the many layers of this.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, I, and that that's kind of how writing a book goes, right? Kyle uh, <laughs> kind of shakes his head to that, that the multi layers of a book, and that. Yeah. Um, the experiences that you as an author go through and the stories that you tell, because a lot of the things that Kyle writes um, are it's pseudo true to our relationship and the way that we've experienced things as a couple. And so um, yeah, way- my
1: my first novel was really and I'm going to apologize to everybody listening. I have terrible allergies right now. So my voice is coming in and out but um our, my first book like lily was saying was really largely about our life and i tried to keep it real and i was nodding my head yes when you were talking about um not being able to advertise it's so frustrating um, um yeah and it's it's one of the reasons why we do the podcast is to try to uh mutually support other authors
0: other indie authors and and authors who just want to get, get a, a good message out there. But I think what people don't quite understand is sex positive is not like a pornographic kind of thing. Like sex positive does not have to have that underlying, um, feel to it. So yeah, that's, that's, what's really frustrating. Um, yeah. and, and all the different platforms that we're trying to advertise on and things. So,
1: so I, I'm curious we we both kind of skimmed through your book and um I'll I'll just echo what Lily said. I love the story. Um it's it's incredibly touching and I think there's a message for um I think especially teens who are becoming self-aware to to look at that and to learn some lessons from it. But take I, I want to take a slightly different tack. Um, you've won several, um, female bodybuilding competitions. Is that, can, how did you get into that? What, what got you there? You know, it's going to sound really silly
2: because I didn't have that goal in mind. Um, I got sober when I was 35. And -hmm. so my whole world was just completely like I was dropped on planet sober. I had to learn everything from scratch. And so one of the things I did carry over though, was this terrible relationship I had with my body. Mm-hmm. And so if you can imagine the heat of Texas, right. And in the summer, I am wearing Spanx underneath blue jeans
0: Oh God! <laughs> because
2: of the chatter that's going on in the back of my head. Um, and so the the step into that was when I turned forty. I looked at my, you know, and thinking I'm just the average forty year old woman, and it's like, and these legs, dang it, these legs. And so I went, and uh, you know, I think, you know, you look at bodybuilders, and well, those women don't have a stitch of cellulite. And so I needed to know how they did that. And so I I went to one of their gyms, and I signed up with one of the uh, one of the trainers. And I was just looking to, to change that part of me. And, you know, unbeknownst to me is that all of a sudden I started realizing like my upper body started to change. And then, you know, you start getting feedback and then people are like, do you compete? And I was like, oh my God, like, what's, what do you mean by what? And so these are seeds that are being planted. And so then when I, when I did my first show, Kyle, I, I mean, I took third and there were only three of us, but. I was so proud of my, third grade.
0: <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that
2: was my medal. Um, and, and I did, I showed it off and I was very proud because a lot of work went into that. Um, and then, you know, fast forward a few years is like, you know, I went and I did another show and, you know, I have a new trainer and I'm really like kind of grasping this and, and I didn't place as well as I thought I would. And so one of the judges then contacted my coach and said, you know, there's one more show. How about we put her in this show in 12 days from now, but put her in this category instead? Mm-hmm. And I knocked it out of the park. I took a first, a second, and third, and I qualified for nationals. Wow. wow. Right. That's, that's amazing. <laughs> so, so I went to nationals last year. And so it, 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 it was a composition of uh, Canada, the United States, and Mexico. And <laughs> I took third. In Whoa. my division. That's right. Crazy. Exactly. <laughs> so so, but I have to think that, you know, the drive that takes place, that mindset mm-hmm. in order to accomplish something like that, that is a gift from my past. That ability to push through even when I'm not feeling it. That mm-hmm. that feeling of like there's just no other way. Right. Mm-hmm. This is survival. We must do this. Right. And so I think that
1: that just then, you know, transposed into something positive. And I, that's I, that's one of the things that fascinates me about your story. And I, I wondered, I, I'm so glad you went there with it, because I wondered how, what impact the traumas of your childhood had on your adult life. And it sounds like you used those to grow rather than let them defeat you.
2: You know, in the beginning, I was, I was about five years sober when I started doing going to the gym. And really what it was, there's like, I reaped these many benefits, right? Like, so I'm seeing a little change on my legs and I'm getting excited about that. But what's really happening is like, I am bringing all that rage into the gym.
0: Oh, yeah. And
2: so, you know, it's almost like I recovered on a physical level with the trauma and all of that by like grinding through it there, right? Mm -hmm. And so then it was like, oh my gosh. And again, it's like, I realized like, wow, I'm more powerful than I thought, And then that gave me that recollection of like, wow, maybe this isn't bad stuff, right? Like I I never regret, there's no regrets because now that I get to see the big picture, I realize that that ego that kept me, you know, alive in, in that drive and the grind is what has given me great success today. Yeah, that is, that is phenomenal. Yeah, Yeah. To,
0: to, um, turn it into something like that. And I know, I know there's a, there's a multitude of reasons why people go into fitness and going into those competitions, but using it as such a positive platform and saying, I'm going to do this thing to, you know, replace like a, an unhealthy, <laughs> um, maybe other unhealthy things that doing to your body with something so great. I, I think that's awesome. And oh, I, I'm gosh, big... I had that ideology, by the way, like, I just <laughs> went
2: in there. One angry
1: woman. <laughs>
0: and that's that's okay
1: it's i mean if you can channel that anger into something positive then yeah that's that's great
0: yeah i do the same thing with like anxiety and you know i'm i'm a huge fan of working out and um trying to stay fit and and i do you know sometimes you get done with a workout and all you want to do is cry and it's like why am i crying it's like because you know there's a there's a workout that just makes you um brings all that out so i i i'm definitely a uh, an advocate for go to the gym, go to the gym, go, you know, work your body to, um, kind of have a healthier outlet. So I like mm-hmm. that. Um, so your, you have, you have so many things, you have so many things that you have on your, on your resume, I guess, yeah. <laughs> um, that I I want to try to I, I want to try to get to all the things and not have like segues be weird. But um, so the bodybuilding stuff, and then don't you have your own podcast? Do you? No, I do okay. not. But that okay. is—that's now the third
2: suggestion. <laughs> Dang it!
0: <laughs>
2: I got to add another thing to the resume.
0: <laughs> then it must have been so when I was looking on your website, it must have been that you have just been featured on so many. I, yes. I guess I got yeah. Well, okay. Yeah, um, I've been a guest on those. Okay, yeah. Um it it, for some reason I guess I got to a page and I was like, oh, okay, so there is a is a podcast as well. Um so you you mentioned on one of them though, I saw one of the blurbs um that you have found some sexism within the bodybuilding community. Or I I think I was just trying to read the blurb and I, I wanted to ask you about that, um, if there was what you talked about on that podcast what sexism you found in the bodybuilding world? You know,
2: to back up a little bit, I think that my eyes became open to this due to the trauma, right? Mm-hmm. That was the vein, that was the highway I came into adulthood in, right? And so it's it's very much in the forefront. And really, what happened is like this liberation that actually took place is that, you know, I I, I recovered, I worked through a lot of stuff. And then what happened is, you, you know, you remove stuff, you you have to put stuff back, right? And so it's like I was, I was then had the opportunity to kind of create this authentic self mm-hmm. without the bylaws of society. And by doing that, I was then able to realize that. For instance, I, I'm really good dancing on a pole. I have great fluidity in my movement. I enjoy doing that. I'm a strong woman, so I can do that. You know, and all things, again, that were not seen as such positives, are right. things that I got to embrace. You know, my my husband and I, you know, he was a fantastic angel in my life. He, he was definitely one of the bigger gifts in my life to bring me cro- across one of my larger bridges and you know, to spend uh, two weeks in Cap in in, uh, in a nudist resort, hmm. you know, a nudist colony, and and actually have the experience of just being human. Mm-hmm. It was it, it was it, it was totally life-changing. So it just feels like life is just pretty much this constant like de-armoring, like one layer and one layer and one layer, because it's like I'm not comfortable being so contained. And so, you know, getting into the bodybuilding world, I mean, this is a girl who I didn't own a two-piece bathing suit like ever. (laughs) And now I'm on, you know, center stage. The whole room is looking at me and I need to, you know, showcase, you know, what I've worked on. And so, again, like, as we said, like writing a book, there's these multiple (laughs) levels that we go through. Um, And then, you, you know, it all comes together. And then you realize the feedback people give you and the appreciation, and and the the idea that as a confident woman, right, like I've earned that confidence, that how attractive that is to other people, Mm -hmm. if that is to engage with me, or to, you know, walk alongside of me, perhaps if I can share some of my stories with you, or actually as like in in the swinging community, like actually engage with other people, you know, so it's, it, again, many layers, many, many layers, but it's just, um, it's extremely freeing. I don't...
0: Hey everyone, I'm Lily Cannon, and I have to tell you about an amazing story I just narrated for author Lacey Cross. Her story is titled Free for the Night, a free-use fantasy when couples play. It will be available soon for purchase on Audible. The print copy is already up on Amazon. And what would I like to tell you about this story? Hmm, well, it's very hot. Maybe the perfect couple's fantasy story. So here's a short sample from Free for the Night to help you get in the mood. The mood to purchase the audiobook to hear more, that is. God, I am so sore. I gave Ethan another free-use weekend, and let me tell you, he used me hard. I freeze right before I turn the corner to walk into the break room to grab a cup of coffee. My co-worker, Tanya, is speaking. She's a younger woman, in her early 20s, super sweet and friendly. A second woman remarks, Shit. I wish I had a boyfriend. Your free-use stories with Ethan always sound so hot. I really need to start dating again. The second voice belongs to one of the newer hires, Fabiola. I had noticed Tanya and Fabiola eating lunch together and chatting during work hours since they hired Fabiola a month ago so it doesn't surprise me they're close enough to share details about their personal lives. Sex talk in the break room is a little risky, but I'm not one to judge since I've done it before. I'm approaching 40, though, so this was years ago when I was young and had a sex life to talk about. In the last year, things have gone extremely stale in the bedroom with my husband Rich, so I have no juicy gossip to give out, even if I had a work friend I'd tell. Rich and I actually talked about it last Sunday, after the third weekend in a row of no sex. And we're both taking the week to consider ways we can spice things up. The plan is to discuss our ideas Friday night and maybe get a little zing back for the weekend since the kids will be going camping with my brother and his family.
2: I don't have to ever worry about like hindering myself. I just get to be and it's actually miraculous.
0: It is. It is definitely and we are very much uh, excited uh, always to go to some of our favorite nudist naturist um, mm. clubs and beaches it's, it's and difficult
1: leaving resorts because <laughs> what you were saying about feeling the re- who the real you is. Um, yeah. We just get comfortable. And then you meet people who are just genuinely good people and you have some great conversations and
0: nobody's hiding anything.
1: because no, <laughs> You're
0: like literally out literally. there. Yeah. Just... <laughs> <laughs> You can't, yeah. uh, you know, your spanks are off, right? Like every, <laughs> everything is is there.
1: So, yeah. what? How did you transition from? It sounds to me like you started off with um, naturism and nudism, and then the the bodybuilding came along. How, how did that? Go? A lot of our listeners are fascinated with how a couple like us could go to nudist resorts and then transition to swinging and swapping and. how how that transpires. Yeah.
0: A lot of people want to know how, what, what are the steps? (laughs) And so we always like to ask people, what were your steps?
1: It's definitely an
2: evolution, isn't it? Like one step at a time. Mm -hmm. You cannot like go to, you know, like 11th grade without doing nine and 10. Right. (laughs) Um, You know, for me again, like, like that highway I grew up in was all about that sexual, uh, sexual energy, you know, and innuendos and whatnot. And so I was a topless dancer, um, when, when I was younger. And mm-hmm. so just being on stage. And I think for me, there's like, there's like, I don't want to say like two people, but there's like the person that when I am naked and open and just flowing, and then there's the person where if it, like, I have this, I have an insecure side as well. But for me, it's like, if I, if I shift into this confident space, right. It's like, I. I First of all my partner is unbelievably supportive right in fact i'm the one who's pumping the brakes in this relationship sometimes <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know but but it, you know going into something like that with like your best friend you know so my husband and i it's our, both of us is our second marriage so i think right there i can already tell you what i don't want and so then when we sat down and described like some of the things we wanted to do, and, and it was kind of like a baby step, you know, for us, it was just going to the club, like, mm-hmm. you know, just to go to the club. It, and then what happens is like the energy of the room is what shifts you.
1: Mm-hmm. It's not
2: my thought process. It's not like I learned something more. I got to experience something more. So I think there's only so much homework and research you can do beforehand. Yeah. But, you know, even just, I mean, pole dancing today, you don't have to go into a stripping club. I mean, you can <laughs> go do that as a workout. Right. And and so like tapping into that feminine energy for me is really where I found a lot of that confidence because majority of my life, you know, I was a warrior girl. I had armor on. I lived in the masculine because I was surviving. Well, yeah. I'm, no longer, I'm no longer in that war. And so, you know, within this feminine energy, there's a lot of fluidity. I I actually now can be the one, not necessarily in control, but the one who can suggest, this is what I want to try. You know, um, I always joke that when I met my husband, I didn't even know this was on the wish list. Like <laughs> I didn't even know I could ask for this. I, I, I didn't. I didn't. So I think that's the beauty of coming in with somebody else and then moving forward with
1: the experiences as well it sounds one of our keys that we always get to when we talk to people is uh communication mm-hmm. and several things you said just lead me to understand you have a very open and honest relationship with your partner it sounds like and and you talk about needs
2: yes and you know there are some of them i i'm a, i'm i still you know i'm still a, a, as a woman um I'm still programmed to be a people pleaser. I am still programmed to do it because my husband wants to. Um, I still have those things in me. And so I had to learn how to use my voice and really Mm -hmm. not just go along with it. And so and and that was another pivotal point, you know, in the beginning of this when we were, of course, I mean, look at my upbringing. Yes, I can take you to a dungeon. Yes, we can go to a strippers club. Yes, yes, yes. Kid in a candy (laughs) store for my husband. But then what is it like, but am I really enjoying it? No, I'm not. I'm not. But what I really want to try is something like this. And actually, it kind of scares me, but I really want to try it. And to see that excitement in my eyes, I think is what fuels my husband to Mm. provide such a situation. Right. So I think it's that courage to actually, you know, and sometimes it's just watching a movie and saying, that's hot, right. That's <laughs> all I have to say for using my voice that, Oh, that would be sweet. You know, like something like that. And so it's not like I need to sit down at a table with my notes and be like, I would like to experience a three-way, but this, I mean, it's like, I like that, you know? Um, but again, for me, it really, really was important for that voice to come up from shifting into my feminine yeah it was very that was very much a big part of my learning curve you know to dress the way that makes me feel sexy Mm. you know because a lot of my sexiness was currency before Mm. it had a purpose yeah it wasn't to enjoy It it was for a purpose. And so to actually be able to, you know, like this the whole makeup process, right? Like we get ready and we listen to beautiful music or music that empowers me. And you know, so it's this progression that takes place. And and then I just brought that into my everyday life. Mm -hmm. And so then I'm always like in a sexual state of mind. It's like it's not like it's dead and I have to like wake it up every time. Yeah, because now you're
0: doing it for you. I am.
2: And that's completely different. Yeah. But these are things I think we overlook as women, mm-hmm. you know, we're like, okay, so we're supposed to put this on and I'm going to put the candles on and I'm going to bring in this whip and here we go. We're going to try this. <laughs> it's so cerebral, like, no, baby, I don't care what you wear. I don't care if there's candles. I just want to feel this, right? Yes. Totally different experience. So yeah, hooray for the feminine, bring her back. Right? Yes.
0: Yeah. Well, and for women yeah. to start having a voice and, and yeah we talk a lot about that on this podcast where we talk about female where we talk to female authors and um this whole empowerment of women and kyle's books have a lot of powerful women as the main characters and a lot of those women
1: are i model a lot of my female (laughs) characters off of lily so (laughs) yes
0: because we have that that kind of relationship and we have that but we neither one of us had that before each other. I think it took yeah. the two of us to communicate with each other to realize those things and bring it out in in each other
1: would it yes, would it, right like the yin and the yang in a sense yeah, 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 totally, totally, yeah, and I think people would be shocked to i mean we keep our lifestyle um secret from our old uh, call them our old friends and and our family because they just wouldn't get it, yeah. Um, but I was going to go in a different direction uh, listening to you talk. Um, would you think say it's, it's fair to say that an- another message in your book is don't be afraid to grow and change. Oh, I think that's like, that's like the backbone of that book. <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: yeah. yeah. And you know, I think what happens is it's not like I have this goal in mind. I think when I live in the present I've cleaned up the crap, right? That that makes yeah. me, you know, drink or be, you know, emotionally unstable, whatever, whatever we could call that, right? And mm-hmm. I think that when you get to a space where you're just you're just balanced. And mm-hmm. I think what happens on a natural level is that we are meant to evolve. We are meant to continue to experience. There are so many layers to us as humans right sexuality probably being what 60 or 70% of that mm-hmm. you know and so i think that when you get comfortable in that space you you are you're able to then kind of you know just just kind of venture a little bit and and i think that so that constant growth it's not something i have to
1: focus on it it comes very naturally It's, it's so sad to me, I think, to to both of us, we know so many people from our, call it our past life, Mm -hmm. who have a fear of growing and changing. And yeah, you see it from, you know, we see it from our perspective now that um, we've, we've opened up our lives to Mm -hmm. allow for change and growth And and experiences and experiences.
2: Yes. You know, and I know how it felt like. Like again, when my husband and I got together, it's like, okay, this is what you've seen, right? You, like, the, the, the candy store, right? Mm-hmm. But I'm not, I'm not really in the candy store anymore. And so, mm-hmm. the fear of not going to the candy store, even at my <laughs> level of of self, um, you know, discovery, was very intimidating. Mm-hmm. You know, it was to the point where you know my husband would have to like put little post it notes saying, "Baby, I'm not going anywhere." Oh. I'm, I'm, I'm I'm your rock, you know, because it's like before, if I didn't do what they wanted me to do, if we weren't in the candy store all the time, <laughs> I didn't have a roof over my head. I didn't have, you know, so it was it was a, a huge thing for me to be able to be like, I don't want to do that anymore, but I really want to try this, you know, and and I think, too, it's like to change it. There's a lot of fear there. That means I might lose something, yeah, which normally is good. Yeah. But the idea of somebody who doesn't know what it is to gain something because you move something out of the way, that's petrifying.
1: Oh yeah. You know?
2: Yeah. And I and I think that's where people
0: really get stuck.
2: It's, it's the fear of the
0: unknown. Yeah,
2: totally.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah absolutely. Totally. Um yeah. so you have you have all these multi-layers of things you mentioned dungeons. So mm, yeah. is there <laughs> is there a, a part of your past or are you still um doing the bdsm lifestyle or are you just you know sticking with one partner or are you um in it anymore
2: miss Jules she is never gonna die i have tried
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know
2: again i think it's just part of who i am um i did that professionally um for many years and again talk about a learning curve i I wow, I saw a lot. I saw a lot. I experienced a lot. I held a lot of people's secrets. Um, and, and now what I'm finding is like it shifts into different, uh, different arenas, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, it went into like an educational arena for a while. Um, you know, I I I I would play a little bit with people here and there, but because of the <laughs> the lane that my husband and I are in, there was not enough bandwidth left. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so it was like, but I mean, we joke that I, I've, I mean, I have like duffel bags full of toys in, in, in the closet because like, I'm never going to get rid of them because I know I'm going to pull them out again. Yeah. (laughs) But, um, but yeah, she recently has surfaced, she's surfaced. And, and so actually I wrote just this last week, um, kind of what you do, Kyle, like where you have the, you have the scene or the situation and then you write about it and I've put it to audio. And so I know. So this is like a whole new area and it was very well received. <laughs> Yay! Um, so I
0: think she's coming back out, Lily. I think she's not done yet. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is awesome. Can, where can we find that on audio or where can our listeners find that girl right
2: now? It's just on a document on my laptop.
0: <laughs> oh, Oh, like you didn't actually
2: <laughs> put like, out. no, oh. you know, I have an only fans and I've never oh, put that okay. out publicly. To uh, anything in relation to my book, so mm-hmm. this will be my first. And so, what really what I'm doing, I'm finding is that I'm tired of the different boxes I have yeah. to fit in. Mm-hmm. I'm at a stage in my life where the people who are near love me no matter what. Mm. And so, um, so what I've done in that uh, in that genre on OnlyFans is I've put that out to my fans. And that's how I found out if it was received well. (laughs) Oh, okay. (laughs) And so, um, yeah. And that's, you know, that's actually another, I haven't, I can tell I haven't talked about this before because it's, you know, it's one thing to write about what we did 10 years ago or even five years ago. But to talk about what I did last night, that's true authenticity Mm -hmm. and that's true vulnerability. And I'm finding more and more that that's what people need to hear about. What is it like once you find that person? How do you function in today's world? having this kind of makeup you know mm-hmm. and so um yeah i uh I think I'm done with the boxes I really do
1: i that we've talked to so many authors at different levels and and we've said several times here we're we're at a point where professionally and personally we have to separate Lily and Kyle from the rest of our lives yeah. but mm-hmm. it's also listening to you talk i feel like we're on that transition to getting rid of our boxes because it's it's it may take us a while yeah <laughs> but but it's it's frustrating because it it feels like it's holding part of us back mhm Exactly. And you know, also
2: like Kyle, there's so many people like us doing what we're doing right now. Right. Uh, Having yeah. these super vulnerable, raw conversations. And I'm not just some, you know, like freaky girl that you're going to see in some skanky place. I'm like, you know, you read my book and you, I'm a person. Mm-hmm. And you feel that when you read the words and you, and you cry when she cries. And, and so it's like, it's no longer that persona, that people, that stigma, you know, mm-hmm. that person of who they think that girl would be. And, you know, and I had to get to the point, of course, my husband and I, I mean, he's still in his career and we had to get to that point where it's like, you know what, this isn't illegal because (laughs) other people are uncomfortable with my truth is not my problem. I love that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And and that's a message that we keep trying to get out ourselves is that, you know, we jokingly say, we could be your neighbors. Right. Yeah. We're not,
0: (laughs) yeah. We're not some weirdos like that. Yeah. And we, we definitely could be your neighbors, but it it
1: is frustrating. Another, uh, trope that we go back to is, you know, it's not okay to do what we do, but it is okay for somebody to have an affair Mm -hmm. and then say, Oh, whoops, I'm, I'm sorry. And, and be forgiven over and over and over again. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. And everybody just, uh, embraces them they're like oh I'm so sorry you know and I
2: guess too that was because the masses started talking about it right right? maybe that's why it became so acceptable well Mm -hmm. so perhaps what we're doing is going to be you know more and more people telling you about it and it's going to become acceptable
0: yeah I hope so we're all just in the same vein yeah with more (laughs) podcasts and with more interviews and as many more
1: books and people talking about it yeah as much as we can get it
0: out there yeah, why we like to sit down with, with people like you because it's fascinating and I love it and I love meeting new authors. And um, so we have definitely loved having you on and I, I love your story and I absolutely think everyone should go out and find the making of a woman. Um, so is there anything else you would like to tell our listeners or anything you want them to go check out? You know, the thing that
2: just this whole journey of life Right. I think more than anything that you're exactly where you're supposed to be doing exactly (laughs) what you're doing right there. Because sometimes I feel like, oh, I'm not there yet. Shit. Sometimes I'm like, oh, damn it. Why did I do that? And, you know, like this is getting back and forth, back and forth. And it's like, you know what? It's all part of the journey. It's part of this process, you know, and so to to know that everything it does, it happens for a reason, Mm -hmm. you know, And, and let's not you know, let's bring some light to it, opposed to shove it back down in the dark. Because I mean, like, like us, I mean, there's some amazing people out there who will support where you're at in Mm -hmm. your journey, you know? So that's my words of wisdom.
0: (laughs) Thank you. That's beautiful. So um, yes, everyone go out and pick up the making of a woman from the inside out. And Kyle, you have anything last?
1: Just a reminder to our listeners, uh, we'll have information about Jules in the description and links to all of her many uh, uh, sites and things that you can go find out more about her.
2: Okay. And, you know, for the the people who listen also, the name of the book is the name of the website, themakingofawoman.com. And so there you can find about all the events and the various things, the blog, like, like Lily referred to, you know, you can, and also various other podcasts that I've got to be on. So it's kind of like the mothership of this (laughs) this book.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And I, I found myself like getting lost in your website, just like absorbing all the things. So. Um, definitely something to check out and something to be inspired by. So as, as a woman who kind of appreciates everything you've put out there, um, I, I was really excited to get to talk to you today. So, and which is why I primarily took over the podcast. Kyle's usually the one, um, but I took lead on this one. Cause I was like, I, I will talk to her. Like,
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we were afraid my voice would start cracking. So. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, <laughs> all right. So thank you so much. Speak seductively.